Are you a market junkie? That's a great hobby to have. Just be careful. Well, we talk about not being an idiot with your money. By the way, is this thing on? Testies, testies, one, two, three. Okay, I think it's on. Um, It's pretty easy to be an idiot with your money when it comes to the markets. There's a lot of people out there who love trading, who are not very good at trading. They love to trade and they suck at it. So I hate to play this card, but I am probably better at trading than you are. Okay. And it's just experience, you know? Yes, you might make 100%, 200% in a single year, but is that repeatable? Is that repeatable? You see, I make about 10 to 15% year after year after year. And some people are fearless and they have these huge gains and they have these huge drawdowns. And I don't need that kind of volatility in my life. This is, this is about money management. This is about risk management. I have a repeatable process that cranks out modest gains year after year after year. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I go big game hunting and I look for the big winners. And when I see an opportunity, I go all in. So 2020 was one of those years. I made about 40% in 2020, which was just a monster year and also a huge amount of fun. It's fun when you're right. It's fun when you're winning. The money is awesome. But I've had down years too. In 2017, I had some tax loss carry forwards that lasted me a long time. So I'm not exactly what you call a market junkie. I go through periods where sometimes I hate the markets, sometimes I love the markets, sometimes I don't care about the markets. It really kind of waxes and wanes with me. And I'm also getting closer to 50, so I'm a little more risk averse. And I, you know, to be honest, I don't enjoy it as much. I mean, yes, I enjoy making money, but when you get older, you don't have as much conviction on things. You're not as sure about things. When I was younger, I was really sure about trades. I was really sure. I'm just not so sure anymore. And I'm a lot more cautious. This is why banks hire young kids to become traders and then fire them when they get to age 47. They want people who are unafraid of taking risks. The banks blow up all the time. So maybe they should start hiring people with gray hair or at least not firing them. The other thing is, I just have a massive amount of experience. Okay, I've been doing this since 1999. Um, I guess that's 23 years. The experience I had at Lehman Brothers working for a bank will last me the rest of my life. That was incredible experience. The experience I had on the Pecoast Options Exchange will last me the rest of my life. When you're working in a bank, when you're working on a trading floor, you really learn about risk management and you learn about liquidity. And managing your own personal portfolio is not the same thing. It's not the same thing. This is the thing to remember. This is a career, not a call option. Okay, this is a career. You want to be doing this your whole life. You do not want to blow up. And I say this in a time when people have made tens of million dollars on crypto and SPACs and ARK stocks and stuff like that. And there are times when I'm excited about the market. I'm excited about the market right now. And there's times when I'm not excited about the market. In the first few weeks of this year, I was not excited about the market. I was not feeling it. 
But now I am seeing the ball, and the ball looks pretty big. There's a lot of opportunities out there, and I am swinging it around. So not all my trades are going to be winners. You don't need an 800 batting average to make money in the markets. You don't even need a 500 batting average. You can be wrong on more than half of your trades and still make money. Absolutely. You know, there was a, I I worked with a guy at Lehman Brothers. He said that he was wrong 80% of the time. He said he was right 20% of the time and wrong 80% of the time. And that guy made more money than anybody else on the trading floor. And when I heard him say that, I was like, that is complete horseshit. This guy is a stud. But he was absolutely correct. I mean, he had a lot of trades. Most of them didn't work out. But the ones that did, he supersized and turned out to be massive winners. So it took me a long time to understand that. You want to lose a little, lose a little, lose a little, and make a lot. Some people do it the other way around. They make a little, make a little, make a little, and then lose a lot. Now, a good way to do that is by selling options all over the place, picking up nickels in front of a steamroller. I will sell options from time to time, you know, but it has to be a limited risk scenario. I have to clearly define the risk. I don't sell teeny puts to pick up 400 bucks. I'm just not going to do that. You know, that's, <laughs> that's for somebody else. It's not for me. But I will spend I will spend 400 bucks on some unlikely to scenario get to get a huge payoff and I do stuff like that all the time. Technical analysis. I use technical analysis pretty frequently, but I don't get scientific about it. I got my book up on the shelf over there. It's the John Murphy book. It talks about Elliott Wave and GAN angles and RSI and stochastics and stuff like that. I just keep it really simple. Okay. Technical analysis is good when you keep it simple. And there are certain chart patterns that are just very powerful, like wedge or consolidation patterns are very, very powerful. That's what's going on in gold right now. I also don't try to catch a falling knife. My days of doing that are over. I used to do that at Lehman. And that was a nice thing about working at a bank is that if you lose some money doing something stupid, there's there's really not a lot of consequences and you learn from your mistakes and you stop doing that. It's okay to make mistakes. This don't make the same mistakes twice, you know. So I don't catch a falling knife. I wait for it to bottom and form a base and turn up before I think about buying it, which requires a lot of patience. And trading requires a huge amount of patience. And I always look for cues and sentiment. This is the most important thing. When everyone likes a stock, usually going down when everybody hates a stock it's usually going up if you see a company on the cover of a magazine that stock is usually going down we just saw elon musk he was time person of the year stock is down about 30 percent since then now jim kramer once had a book called confessions of a street addict where he talked about the fact that he was addicted to trading and I will say this about Jim Cramer. One thing I like about Jim Cramer is that he has an encyclopedic knowledge of stocks. You can give him any ticker. He knows the company. He knows the management. He knows the financials. He knows everything about it. He knows everything about every single publicly traded company. That's pretty amazing. I I don't do that, you know. And he's getting a reputation for being wrong all the time. I don't really care about that, you know. Um. By the way, he's last he's been doing this for how many years? I think he started Mad Money in like 2005. He managed money before then. I mean, he's not a dummy, like he's not wrong all the time. 
So the fact that he's lasted, you know, this long in financial media, 20 years or whatever, without getting that label is pretty impressive. Now, I used to work indirectly for Jim Cramer because I used to write for thestreet.com from 2004, excuse me, 2012 to 2014. I wrote for the Real Money platform. And uh, that was a long time ago. I mean, that's like 10 years ago. And it was kind of a weird experience. They would, they would pay me 250 bucks for a piece, and I was supposed to give them two a week. And it kind of seemed like they cared more about the quantity rather than the quality. And it was decent exposure. You know, this was 10 years ago. People didn't really know who I was, so it was good exposure. I was a lot younger and not well-known. But it kind of seemed like their client base was pretty dumb, and I never got much in the way of intelligent feedback. And they eventually got rid of me. I got fired. I got fired from thestreet.com. Uh, well, I wasn't an employee. I was a 1099, but they let me go. And I think they got rid of me because I wasn't getting enough clicks, which is pretty funny because I get plenty of clicks now. Anyway, I never got to meet Kramer, but I, I am thankful for the opportunity they gave me. And it was a nice stepping stone to what I'm doing now. Back to the market junkie. If you are a market junkie, be careful. Okay. A lot of people do this. They sit at home. They got 17 monitors and four PCs and they got the interactive brokers thing up and they're chopping themselves to bits. You know, I, don't, I never wanted to be one of those people. I don't want some kind of tricked out trading station at home. Uh, maybe I aspired to that at one point in my life, but I don't now. The other thing to remember about trading, and this is very important, trading is only 1% trading. It's 1% trading, 9% research, and 90% waiting. 90% waiting, just sitting around waiting for your trades to work. And some people think they have to be trading all the time. And I said, no, trading is 90% waiting. So go get lunch, go for a walk, get a workout in roll out some sheet meat, whatever it takes for you to stay sane. And some people think they have to be at their desk all the time in case they miss something. Well, it's good if you miss something because if you are sitting there and something happens to one of your stocks, you're just going to make it worse. So just walk away from the desk, go play golf, come back. Oh, shit. Okay, the stock's down 10%. And then it's not a big deal. It's really not. So... Because you're not fast enough to react to anything. You know, it's not like you're going to be able to sell before it goes down. You're going to be too late. The computers are faster than you. If you get housed on a position, just deal with it later. Computers are fast. You are slow. So don't try to make money by being faster than the computers. You want to beat the computers. And the way you beat the computers is by thinking long term, which is something that the computers can't do. Anyway, that about does it for me today on the Be Smart Podcast. Tip your waitress, try the veal. I'll be here all week. See you next time.